0: Welcome to the Big Show Sports to the Max, News Talk 830 WCCO. I say it's a big show because we get got some big-time guests on. Brian Cosgrove, my good friend from uh, many, many years and many, many conversations and... Uh Brian used to work at the, uh, uh, at the side hustle when he was coaching the Hopkins girls basketball team through a Hall of Fame career. He'd work at uh, at the Grand Hotel Lifetime Fitness right next to uh, WCC Radio. And every Sunday morning, I'd go there to work out before I did the sports huddle, and he'd be there, and we'd sit and talk and work out. And uh, obviously, at the time, Paige Beckers was one of his players. And so we will continue that conversation tonight uh, as we have so many times in the past. By the way, he coach, has coached a lot of Great players <laughs> in his day. Holy mackerel! Uh, Leslie Knight's another one. She's over in Spain, and I understand she's getting uh, she's married now, going to have a child, and retiring from basketball. So congratulations to her. Janet Carver is going to join us tonight. Remember her? Wow! The New York Mills Comet. Uh, she really put uh, girls basketball on the map back in the late 70s, and she graduated in 1980, went on to play Division I basketball, had the Javit covered in basketball camps for years, and then in her 40s decided to do something else, and she is now a Lutheran minister in Shoreview. So how did basketball impact her life, and what is life like now? We'll ask her. She's got some interesting philosophies. I was out visiting her just yesterday uh, in her sanctuary, literally in her sanctuary, Uh, The new Mr. Basketball is Braden Carrington from Park Center. He won the state title last week. Uh, He's going to the Gophers, and he was Mr. Basketball today. He'll join us at 805 Dave Hedberg. The man who hands hands up that committee will tell us what basketball looked like in this state as well. Uh, Plus, Troy Bell is going to join us, former number one draft pick in the NBA. The Boston Celtics played at Boston College. Uh, We'll talk to him about how he sees the final four getting played out, and uh, and the Timberwolves, as he knows them, right now. All that ahead. I'm asked often. <clears throat> I do a lot of speaking engagements over the time and over the years, and I, I had a great one the other day. I had a lot of fun down in Naples, Florida, with the uh, group of uh, Minnesota businessmen down there, and uh, men and women, and uh, the McRivie family was there. They're awesome. Uh, visiting with them, and uh, Jake Coughlin was there. Uh, he's uh, been a CEO of a couple of companies. He consult CEOs right now on, on, on balance in their life and how do you, know, how do, how do you run a company and still uh, stay true to yourself and all those things. And he, he's just awesome. Joel Maturi was there with his wife and uh, Mark Davis and Mark Devine, lots of people. And um, uh, they, they, you know, they, they, they didn't really tell me what they wanted me to talk about. They said, talk about what you want to talk about. So I talked about the power of amazing, how everybody has amazing in them. Uh, and I see it every day. The question is, what are you going to do to bring out amazing in you? What are you willing to do to be amazing? And I've asked coaches about that. What, what, what makes amazing? What, what, what makes someone amazing? And, and, you, know, you think, well it is because they have something incredible about them. The incredible the ability to jump high, the whatever it is. They can dunk the basketball. Um, they can throw 95 miles an hour. Um, they can kick a ball 60 yards. But that's not it. The thing that I hear time and time again when I, when I talk to, to coaches as to what they look for and people that have been successful in athletics, which also translates to life, uh, is that, number one, you've got to have durability. Durability. That the greatest ability is availability, and and there are people. That, you know, some sometimes you, you can't help it, man. You, you, you blow out an ACL and you blow out another ACL, and, and but there there are other people that they, they just get hurt all the time, and you can't explain it all the time. I remember I remember uh, Bud Grant telling me that that they'd, they'd watch Jim Marshall, big Jim play, and and they, he he'd turn his ankle, and he'd turn it hard like like any other person did, and you go, oh boy, he's a, and, and he would just bounce right back. He said, I, I don't know why he was given that, but, of course, he was the Iron Man of uh, uh, football for, for many, many years with the Minnesota Vikings. You know, Brett Favre, although Favre was different. You can't play quarterback in the NFL and not get the hell beat out of you. It's just not possible. And and, and Brett Favre kept coming back week after week. And I've told this story before, but I bears repeating. repeating. Um, I was sitting with Bud one day in his office, and we were having this conversation, and I said... Isn't it amazing that that Brett Favre has had the great fortune that he's never been uh, injured uh, significantly enough to miss a game? And he said, no, 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 no. He's been injured significantly enough to miss a game. He's just found a way to play. He's been hurt. He's been beat up. He's been hurt just as bad as fill in the blank. But he finds a way to play the game because he's durable. Same thing holds true in the professional world. You see people that they can't wait to figure out a way to get a sick day, right? Oh, I can, I can take that thing off. Okay. Um, how many sick days I got left now? It's December and uh, I've used up all my vacation days. Uh, do I got any sick days left? You know what I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about. They're not durable. In fact, they're somewhat cowardly when you think about it. But durability is, is one of the big ones. And um, if you can't figure out a way to keep yourself on the field, then many times if you just figure out a way to keep yourself on the field, you're going to get your opportunity because so many others will fall or fail or do something that that doesn't allow them to, to play. And so if you can just keep yourself healthy enough to be available, availability is the greatest ability, then you got a chance. And then if you move the needle a little bit like Brett Favre does, and you say, you know what, you can take your best shot at me, but... But, 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 I'm coming back next week. I'm going to figure out a way that I'm healthy enough to play. Period. That's what I'm going to do. And, of course, he did it time after time after time. Um, you have to have the juice. I, I heard Larry Suggs giving a, a speech the other day to about three. And Larry Suggs is, is Jalen Suggs' father. And uh, he was giving a speech to about 400 different um, kids about what what it takes to make it. And one of the things that he said is, I don't want to hear about how many hours you were at the gym. I don't want to hear about how much time you spent. The key is you have to have productive time. You have to have productive time. You, it doesn't matter how long, you, well, it does matter how long you practice, but how long did you practice right? How, how long did you do it the right way? And then you've got to bring the juice when you get to practice or the games where you're competing, where you're defining whether or not you'll play uh, on that team or in that game or you're playing in that game. you got to have the juice. you got to have the something that says, I'm going to go get it. I'm tougher than you. I'll cut your heart out if I have to, but 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 I'm going for it, man, and you will not stop me. And you have to approach it like that. You got to have the juice. You got to have the something extra that some people don't have. So, that, okay, you've done the preparation. You've done all the things that you need to do because you've had a great deal of practice and training and all these things. Now you have to be able to insert it into competition. You got to bring the juice. You got to be ready to go. You have to look at your practices and games as unbelievable opportunities to showcase who you are, as opposed to looking at it as, oh boy, I hope I don't screw up, or oh boy, I hope the coach doesn't notice me. You have to be able to bring the juice. You have to be able to make an impression. You have to go to practice and games and say, what is it I need to do to make an impression and to prove that I'm better than fill in the blank? And a lot of people will do the training and they'll spend the time and they'll check that box. And then they get to practice and they forget there's another dimension here. You got to go to that next level. You You got to make a way. Uh, you've got to find a way to make a name. And then the last thing is, and this is interesting, when I mentioned this the other night, um, after you've done that, after after you've filled yourself with the intensity of a great competitor, and by the way, great competitors get up every day and they got blood in their mouth, man. They want it. They want to beat somebody. They want to beat somebody at something, whatever it is that they're doing, They they, they want to beat somebody. And um, you have to have that in you. you. You have to want to compete. You have to want to say it's going to be them, not me, that fails. That's a part of the deal. You have to make sure that you're better than them, whatever that means. Um, but the last part of it is after you, after you build up this intensity and this concentration, and this understanding of, and I think this one's true in a lot of places in business as well, the most relaxed wins, The person that can face the situation, the difficult situation where the pressure's on and the people are yelling against you and all those things, the most relaxed wins. The person that can accept that situation, that can look at it and say, I am going to be more relaxed than the pitcher I face or if I'm the pitcher, I will be more relaxed than the hitter I'm going to face. Or if you're the quarterback, you say, I'm more relaxed than the defense that I'm about to go up against on this potential final final drive. Or if you follow me, I'm going to make every free throw I can do it with my eyes closed because I'm going to be so relaxed when I get to the free throw line. The most relaxed wins. And I gave the example the there and I ran to Jim Broward the other day. He was a teammate of Barry Bonds. Jim was from Minnetonka High School and uh, matriculated at the University of Minnesota and beyond, and, and he was a uh, teammate to Barry Bonds, and Bonds used to tell him that. He'd say, the most relaxed wins. So when you get to three and two with the bases loaded, I want them to know that I'm relaxed and that I'm a cool customer. I want them to know that about me. I want them to know when they throw the ball that I have no fear of them. I expect something big to happen, and I'm going to carry myself as such. So that they see that, so that they know my approach to the plate. They go, why is he so calm and so confident? Because the most relaxed wins. Now, you can't be the most relaxed until you've done the preparation, you've done the homework, you've done all the things that go into it. But when you get in a game situation, when the heat's when when you're giving a speech in front of a bunch of different people, when you're on camera to do the news, whatever it is, the most relaxed usually wins. And you have to concentrate and you have to have a focal point. You have to do all those things. But the most relaxed usually wins. And it's something you got to work at. And it's not easy. and It's kind of counterintuitive because you say you got to work really, really hard at learning how to relax and be poised in a situation. But it is something you can learn. It is something you can teach. You can teach people. For example, kids that play Little League. You go out there and you say, here's the batter's box. Every time you see the batter's box, I want you to think of this as the place you want to be. There's no place that you'd rather be than standing in this batter's box. This is the absolute, what you think about when you, if somebody just said, where's your happy place? It's right here in the batter's box. This is it. Stand here. Think about this. This is, oh my gosh, you're comfortable. You feel good take a deep breath, enjoy it, because this is the place that you get most of your joy. As opposed to, oh my God, what's he going to throw me? What if he throws me a curveball? No, the most relaxed wins. When we come back, I had a chance to visit Rod Carew down at spring training last week when I was down there. I'll bring you that interview about how his life has changed a lot over the last several years, and what does he think about this home run or nothing, all or nothing, swing for the fences? What does he think about that, as someone that won five batting titles? I wonder. Actually, I don't because I recorded the interview, but I want you to hear it when we come back, Sports to the Max. Welcome back, Sports to the Max, News Talk 830 WCCO. Your home to the Minnesota Twins, Carlos Correa, hit a home run today. They lost to the Tampa Bay Rays 4-2, to but Carlos Correa got into one pretty good. That's what you look for on uh, days like this, times like this. You're know, looking for home runs. And uh, he, he's going to drive the ball he's got those long arms. It's like a guy that swings a driver with long arms. He gets the arms extended. That's what you try not to do when you're pitching. You don't want those guys to extend their arms because they can generate so much bat speed. I'm sorry, I'm throwing too much at you guys tonight. I'm throwing too much at you in a short period of time. Don't mean to do that. Um but if a guy's got long arms, you want to try to keep the ball in if you can, because if he gets those arms extended, look out. Especially if he knows what he's doing with the bat. He he will crush it. He will crush it. Now now crushing it is a big part of baseball these days, right? Don't worry about stealing. Don't worry about bunting. Don't worry about hitting the guy over. Swing hard. If you strike out, that's okay, because the next time you might get one in the wampum zone. You know, Miguel Sano. Th- these these guys are the epitome of what they want out there. And it's the way the game is played. now. I don't know if somebody's going to try to flip that and do it the old way. Get him on, get him over, get him in. I don't know. But Rod Carew played in a much different era. Uh, You know, punch it over here. You know, Rodney. Uh, Slip it in here. Bunt when you need to bunt. They give you that side. You know, all those things. Drag the bad head back. Hit it between short and third. All those things. He was an artist at it. And he made a a couple of very good points about baseball and about life when I visited with him in spring training last week.
1: Rod, what does spring training mean to you as a player and now an instructor? Well, it's keeping me younger you know, because I'm able to talk to the kids, find out where they need help, and um, hopefully give them some good advice that will make them better. Um, so I, I really enjoy coming coming to spring training. When you watch players and evaluate them, uh, has it changed a lot over the years? I mean, obviously the approaches to hitting are changing because they want guys to hit home runs, etc. How, how, how does that strike with you? Well. You know, I'm not crazy about it because they're taking away from things that kids can do by just trying to get the bat on the ball, and they're striking out too much because the game has become at home runs now. Yeah. It's not about base sets and, you know, singles, doubles, and triples. So um, I'm, I'm really disappointed in that part of the game. Now, for you personally, uh, you you had a a rebirth, a life when you had the transplant and everything. How has that changed your life for this many years now? Well, I'll tell you what. God's been good to me. You know, every day I get up, I say, Father, thank you for another beautiful day. I don't care how it is outside. It's a beautiful day. So um, I keep my faith, and I believe in the higher power, and as my wife has always told me, one day at a time. One day at a time is just plenty, huh? Of- That's it, one day at a time. So, you know, I wake up with a smile every day, and I'm fine.
0: Yeah, there you go, Rodney. And he, and he has had just a unbelievable change in his life since his transplant, and he stayed with that, and his wife, and uh, he lost a daughter years ago to cancer, and, and so he's seen a lot and now he's 76 years old and uh, he he doesn't move the gates a little bit different than it used to be Um, but it's still Rod Carew and it's probably the happiest version of Rod Carew that I've known Um, there is in his life peace and when you think about it isn't, I, I, I mean I remember my good friend Jay Robinson used to say don't strive to be happy what's happy? what you want to strive for is no matter what the situation that you're in no matter how tumultuous the storm that you have peace in your life that you find a way to go this too shall pass but I'm okay because I have peace and um, isn't that it? isn't that what we all kind of look for? and some, some say it's, it's to live a regret free life um, I used to think that, but I, I heard an interesting interview with uh, Joe Schlesinger the other day on uh, on Saturday night. She has a, a show that we pick up here, a syndicated show. and She had a um, an author on that had done the research, and, and he said that regrets, uh, we tend to think of them as failure. But ultimately, they are our friend because it is through powerful regrets that we decide not to ever repeat whatever it was that we did. I remember listening to Tom Izzo one day. Tom Izzo, the coach of the Michigan State uh, Spartans, and he was talking about he was playing high school basketball as a junior or senior, and it was the big game, in the sections to go to state or something similar to that. And he missed a free throw or a shot that would have changed the outcome of the game uh, instead of in his favor it was against. And he said, I vowed that day, I will never feel this rotten again. Because his regret and his remorse was so great about missing a free throw or a shot. Now, he didn't win them all since then, but he sure won a lot of them, didn't he? Uh, because he had this powerful regret uh, in his life that the outcome wasn't what he wanted it to be. So, fear not, folks. Fear not and move forward. When we become back, the cause, Brian Cosgrave, does this man know a little bit about Paige Beckers? He coached her. Does he, he know a little bit about basketball? All-time winningest girls' basketball coach in the state of Minnesota. We'll talk to him about the Final Four and more. Straight ahead on Sports to the Max. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,